Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Well, good morning, family. That's the way I greet a church at home every Sunday morning, and this is my Alaskan family. You can be seated if you want to, or you can stand. I don't care. I usually stand during my preaching, so if you want to, you can. <laughs> so good to be back with you. Had a great service at uh, 9 this morning. Wonderful, wonderful spirit of the Lord. And uh, did you enjoy that, that little video of Pastor? It looked just like him. It was just... Uh, that was cool. He needs to play that when he comes, uh, comes visit with us. If we're, uh, if we're just meeting for the first time, my name is Gary, my wife Rose. She sends her love and her greetings to you all and, uh, and our family as well. And I uh, wish she, she could be here with me. But I've got a friend with me. Rick uh, is traveling from our church here. Rick, just stand up wave everybody, would you? Rick Choate. Long-time friend. He's got family down in Homer. He's been down there all week and then drove up, picked me up at the airport, and just hanging out with me this week. We're flying back together, uh, back home. It's good to have him traveling with me as well. Uh, it's so good to be here with you today, <clears throat> share a message with you. What I believe the Lord wants uh, is speaking, and uh, I believe it really rang true this morning as well. And uh, I, before I get started, though, I really felt like the Lord kind of spoke a word to me in the first service for the church. Uh, not only the church corporately, but you individually. Uh, it's a scripture that's very well known. It's Galatians 6.9. Galatians 6.9 says, do not, be, do not grow weary while doing good, but uh, you shall reap in due season if you do not faint or lose heart or quit. Now, there's a couple of things there that we need to see that applies to us today. Number one, it says, do not grow weary. The word grow is a progressive thing. That means that you don't just wake up weary one morning. You're not just yay one day and weary the next day. Growing weary, it is a process. If it is a process to grow weary, then you can stop the process and not grow weary. So when you recognize you're, you're moving in a place of growing weary, then you take the steps necessary that I won't spend time on today, but you take those steps necessary to stop growing weary. Grow, grow happy instead of grow weary. Turn to somebody and say, grow happy, <clears throat> not weary. But then it says... Um, while doing good. Are you doing good? Okay, if you focus on doing something good, and then it says that you will, uh, you will reap in due season if you don't faint, you don't give up. Okay. So everything has a due season. Uh, the summertime here, the berries that are growing, all the various berries that you have, they have a due season. They're going to they're gonna produce, they're going to get ripe, and then they're going to be gone. It's a due season. If a lady is expecting a child, what, what do people say to her usually? When are you due? So everything has a due season. So the promises of God have a due season. Uh, the, the things that God has put into your heart has a due season. And so nothing can stop the due season of God. The only thing that can stop it is if we lose heart or we give up. The only way to lose in life is to give up. There, there really is no failure as long as you're moving forward. Failure is when you stop moving forward. Failure is when we stop believing. Failure is when we stop doing. Failure is when we stop, when we, get out, when we get out of the fight of faith. 
But as long as we stay in there, you say, well, I get knocked down all the time. It doesn't matter. You're in, you're in it to win it. And so as long as you don't lose heart, as long as you don't give up, you're going to win it. There is a due season, and when that due season comes, nothing, nothing, nothing can stop the birth pangs of that new season to be released in that due season in your life. So God has a due season for that building to be finished. God has a due season for this building to be sold. You don't need to be out on the street right now while you don't have that one done. God has a due season for everything. Turn to somebody and say, relax. Don't grow weary. Grow happy. Stay in it. You have a due season. Give the Lord praise for that this morning, all right? Before getting into the message, I brought some resources, uh, some books, and we're about sold out of, of a lot of them. Um, I, I just brought what I could in a suitcase, and it wasn't enough. But uh, Burning Bushes, I think we have one or two of these left. This is about discovering God's divine destiny, and that's uh, every teenager, if you've got a child, they need to read this book. They need to read this about how to discover God's destiny for your life. Burning Bushes, about the story of Moses before the burning bush. And, and all of that. It's, it's, it's all practical. It's all principle-based, too. You can teach it in an office. You can teach it anywhere. Then Borrowed Vessels is about the hidden power of relationships. Um, I, I really love this book. It's so powerful. The woman who had, uh, who had a husband that died, uh, she was in the school of the prophets, and she came to the prophet and says, what are we going to do? He says, what do you have in your house? And she says, well, I don't really have anything, but I got a jar of oil. Her jar of oil represented her faith. Everybody has a jar of oil. Everybody has faith. But that was only half of a miracle. And that's where a lot of Christians live. They live in a half miracle. The other half of a miracle was outside of her house. He said, go borrow vessels from your neighbors. Everybody say neighbors. What was that? That was her relationships. And she had a lot of good relationships. And because of that, she was able to have a miracle that moved her from a position of having her house repoed to serving on the bank board the next week. The prophet said, sell what you have and go live on the rest. Not only did she pay her debt, she didn't need another miracle in 30 days. She had a miracle that lasted a lifetime. Why? Because of the hidden power of relationships. Relationships are so powerful in our life. Again, this works in business. It works in every aspect of life. There's all kinds of different chapters practical about relationships, five relationships everybody needs, warning signs to negative relationships. You know, God sends relationships to bless you. The devil sends them to curse you. I think there's like four or five of these books left out there. And then here's my latest book. I just released it since I've been here last. I've been preaching this for many years. This is my life message, Dare to Dream Big. I preached some of these messages here uh, over the years at uh, King's Chapel and uh, out there on the hill. Dare to Dream Big, how to live the dream that God has for you. How do you dream God's dream? God has a bigger dream for you than you do. God visited Abraham in chapter 15 of Genesis. Abraham said, what are you going to give me? I don't have a baby. Abraham wanted a baby. He had a baby dream, but God had a nation dream. God has a bigger dream for you than the baby dream that you've got. Turn to somebody next to you and say, he's talking about you right now. And I, I share with you in this book how, how and God showed me how, how God what he had to do to get Abraham to dream his dream, what had to change. And I talk about the seasons of a dream that are so important. 
It's back there. Uh, we've got several of those left. You can pick those up if you want to. Everything goes towards helping me with the conferences and things that I do. Uh, week after next, I'll be in Manila in the Philippines doing a uh, uh, church growth uh, network conference. Uh, there'll be several thousand uh, pastors, Asian pastors there at that conference at Word of Hope Church there in Manila. And then uh, I'll be home for a week, and then I'm going to be in Perm, Russia, doing a national pastors conference there. And the proceeds of those books help me to help, help me to do all of that and minister. And some of them have uh, been translated into Russian. I've given out thousands there and uh, in Spanish as well. So that just helps with that. And those are back there if you want to grab them. And uh, thank you so much for doing that as well. Anybody love Jesus here today? Yeah. I, I want to share with you for a few minutes here today about... Um, about breakthroughs. And I want to use a story that's very familiar. Every preacher that's ever preached has preached from this text. It's in Mark chapter 5, and it's a story about where Jairus came to Jesus about his daughter that was about dead and wanted him to come pray for her. So on their way, Jesus got interrupted. And uh, in verse 25, verse 24 rather, in Mark chapter, Mark chapter 5, verse 24, let's pick up there. So Jesus went with him, that's Jairus, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. This is the New King James Version. They were pressing into him. In verse 25, now a certain woman had a flow of blood. The King James says an issue of blood for 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but grew, rather grew worse. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she had been healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself that power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Father, over the next few moments here that we have together on this beautiful Sunday morning, I pray now that you would speak life to every individual. Help me to just say what I need to and no more. And, Lord, I know you're going to speak today to every individual, where they are in their home, their family, their life, in every situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, this story is full of life lessons. When you read the Bible, look for life lessons and life principles. It is full of life principles, like uh, bring your problems to Jesus. You got a problem, bring it to Jesus. That's what she did. Press through the crowd, the crowd circumstances, doubt, and all those things. Press through that. Touching Jesus is more important than people touching you. Your faith can make a demand on the power of God. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Now, there are many, many other great, great things in, in, that, in that story, but I want to bring out three today that I think are a word from the Lord for us right here, right now, today. You know, Satan is a master at putting roadblocks in our path to slow us down or to stop us from what God has called us to do. The thing about it, though, it's, it's the same old, same old. 
The reason is Satan is not a creator, he's a perverter. God creates, Satan perverts. God creates music, Satan perverts music. God creates love, Satan uh, 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 perverts love. You know, and, and this goes on and on and on. And so he can't come up with anything new, so it's the same old, same old, same old, same old. You read through Genesis, all through Revelation, you see him making the same moves, doing the same thing, but you see people falling for it because they make mistakes. He is cunning. He does know what he's doing. He's good at it because he's had a lot of practice. However, the Word of God says that we, the, we know the wiles or the strategies of the devil. And so once you begin to learn how he does things to steal, kill, and destroy, you see the pattern repeated over and over and over. And what he always does, he always overplays his hand. Now let's look at this story. And I want to bring out three things real quick. First of all, verse 25, it says, a certain woman had Every one of us has a had. We all have hads in our life. And I'm not talking about something in the past either. Many times we've got a had right now. She had an incurable blood disease. It could be a physical limitation that we have. Our head could be a, a disease. It could be a failure of some kind. It could be a situation where we've, we felt like we've blown it in life and, and we can't get that back. But no matter what your head is, don't allow it to become your identity. If you're writing notes, here's the first thing I want you to write down. Never allow your issue to become your identity. Never allow your issue to become your identity. She said, the Bible says she had an issue or a flow of blood, and she did not allow that to become her identity. Now, here's one of the things the enemy wants to do. This is one of his, his strategies to keep us from having breakthroughs in life, and that is to have us to embrace an identity that is contrary to the identity that God has for us. So he wants us to embrace a false identity that stifles our faith and keeps us from believing God and receiving the things God has for us and believing the promises of God. So he wanted this woman to have an identity that she had an issue of blood. If her issue became her identity, she would have never touched the hem of his garment, never gotten healing in her life because she would have stayed in the house and says, that's my identity, that's my calling in life, that's what I'm supposed to be. Let me tell you, if you're called is stealing, killing, and destroying your life. That's not a calling God gave you. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It doesn't mean we won't have problems. Jesus promised that in John 16, He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Thank you, Jesus. I appreciate you putting that in the Bible. Already knew that. But then he said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So he says, it's all right. You're going to have stuff. Everybody say stuff. We're going to have stuff. But he says, I've overcome the stuff. You see, you'll face life one or two ways. You'll face it with God or without God. And so in this situation, the first thing we see here out of this scripture is we do not allow our issues to become our identity. Our identity is in Christ. We are created in his image. We are more than an overcomer through him who loved us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We're blessed coming in where we're blessed going out. We're blessed when we rise up. We're blessed when we lay down. That's our identity in Christ. We have a home in heaven if we're a child of God. Our name is written in what is called the Lamb's Book of Life. That's our identity in God. We are not full of fear. We're full of faith. We're not beaten down. We're lifted up. That's our identity in Christ. But if we allow an issue that comes to become our identity, it can rob us. If your issue becomes your identity, then your future will become full of failure. 
There was another guy in the Bible, his name was Bartimaeus, but he had another name that he went by. They called him. The Bible calls him Blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. Now, we, we could go into all kinds of different scenarios of adding adjectives to people's names. Don't do that. You've probably done that. But let's just stick with Blind Bartimaeus. But Blind Bartimaeus heard about Jesus coming one day, and he determined he was not going to stay there with that issue in his life. That was not going to be his identity. And he cried out until Jesus, he got his attention, and Jesus came over, he got healed. So no longer was he Blind Bartimaeus, he was healed Bartimaeus. He was sight Bartimaeus. He could see Bartimaeus. He was, I got a testimony Bartimaeus. I got something for the Lord, Lord Bartimaeus. I've been touched by Jesus Bartimaeus. You see, his identity was in Christ, not in his issue that he had. Now, we all have heads. We all have issues, but we don't allow those to become our identity. We don't embrace them, and we determine that no matter what we're going through in life, we're going through in life. We're not staying there with it. Are you, are you hearing me? <laughs> Never let go in the night what you got in the light. That's a statement I came up with a few years ago. When I was going through a very difficult time, the Holy Spirit dropped that in my heart. Never let go in the night what you got in the light. Light always speaks of revelation or understanding. When you read the Bible, have you ever been reading the Bible? It's like, wow, I see that. Wow, that's light. Maybe today while I'm speaking, something happens on the inside. It's like, yeah, I see that. That's light. That's revelation knowledge. Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, uh, you, you didn't learn that in Sunday school. You didn't get that at the Holy Ghost meeting. My father revealed that to you. That's light. That's revelation. So what you, when, when you get a promise from God and, and, and you get that in your heart and it's like, wow, I have a promise, I've got a heading, I'm going this way, I'm going full blast, and you take off. But then things start to happen and it gets dark. And for long, you look around and there's no light. It's like dark. The circumstances around you are dark. Everything doesn't look like it's going to happen. It's not going to come about. Things aren't coming out. It's not working out like you think. And you wonder, what did I hear from God? Did I did a, what I should have done? What, what can I do? Did I just need to quit? Did I need to cut my losses and go from here? No, 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 no. You're just going through a dark place. But the key is you're going through the dark place. Never let go in the night what you got in the light. So don't look at the circumstances for your outcome. Look at your promise for the outcome in your life. <clears throat> Number two. Verse 27, she came behind him in the crowd. The crowd represents adversity. Here's the second thing if you want to write down. Never allow your adversity to become your audience. Never allow your adversity to become your audience. You see, the crowd represents adversity, and I've, I, I think I've, I've defined three adversity crowds. One adversity crowd is the doubt crowd. Everybody say doubt it's so a doubt crowd. They don't believe it can happen. They just don't believe anything can happen. They just don't believe anything can happen. I, I, I've, I've gone to churches before that were, uh, they were doubt churches because they didn't believe anything could happen. They just didn't believe anything could happen. I was like, why do you even have a Bible? You don't believe anything. I, I've, I've been accused sometimes to say, he's one of them faith preachers. You betcha. I'm certainly not going to be a doubt preacher. I mean, what else is there? What other kind of preaching is there other than faith preaching? And I understand the balance and all of that, but we have to get the doubt out. The doubt crowd says they don't believe anything can happen. Then there's another crowd called the discouragement crowd. They don't believe it will happen for you. It can happen. It can happen in Dallas. 
It happened in Los Angeles. It, it happened over here. It happened over here. It happened over here. It happened over here. It, it, but it can't happen in Alaska. One of the things I'm privileged doing, and it's one of the greatest honors of my life, is I've preached several times in the Angeles Temple in Los Angeles. Amy Simple McPherson, a woman, during the Depression, built that thing, seats over 4,000 people, debt-free during the Depression. I preached in it before they remodeled it with all of the, the, the crutches and walkers and all kinds of paraphernalia hanging on the walls in the lobby. I was in the, I was in the hospitality room. They hadn't touched it since, since, since she died. I mean, and, her, and, her, and her son, Rolf uh, McPherson, was there. And he was in his 80s and shook my hand and said, thank you for preaching in our church. Black and white photos of her sitting there and, 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 and everything, just like, like it was, you know, decades ago. And, and, and now it's been all remodeled. I've preached in since it's been remodeled and all the lights and gadgets and everything. It's all, you know, wonderful and everything in the seven-story parking garage and stuff. But, but in that building, I thought, a little woman in faith did not let, she did not let the adversary become her audience. And she was criticized by a bunch of men who were jealous of what she was doing. That's why we have the four-square church today. She had to start her own denomination, ostracized by the one she was in because of the work that God was doing. What am I saying? Don't, don't get around that. They don't believe it will happen for you. They don't believe it will. My wife and I, we grew up, both of us, on five miles apart on little farms in West Kentucky, uh, we met in the first grade, started going to school together in first grade. We grew up together. Uh, her dad's a retired coal miner. My dad's a retired underground coal miner. My grandfather's a retired underground coal miner. My uncle's a retired underground coal miners. When I was 18, I went to underground coal mines. I worked 12 years in the underground coal mines before I went to ministry full time. And, uh, and, and there's nobody in my lineage that's a preacher. And when God was dealing with me as a 17-year-old boy about going into the ministry, I'm like, God, you don't understand. That's not what we do around here. We get married, we go to work in the coal mines, and that's what we do here. We don't, we don't do that. I'm not a preacher. I don't want Rev in front of my name. I've never seen a preacher I wanted to grow up and be like, quite frankly. And I said, I don't want to be one of those guys. I work for a living. Um, that was my attitude as a teenage boy there. I graduated high school when I was 17. And I said, I don't want to do that. There's no preachers in my lineage. But when God finally got my heart to the place where I understood what he wanted me to do, and we began to pursue that, Rose and I, we didn't have contacts. We didn't have Bible college alumni. We didn't know the professors. We didn't know, I didn't know who the superintendent of the denomination was. I hardly know the superintendent of my own district. I mean, I didn't know anything, didn't know anybody, had no connections whatsoever. But here's what we adopted. If God has done anything for anybody, anywhere, at any time, he'll do it for us, right? Right here, right now. And that's what you have to do. Don't let the discouragement crowd say, well, it won't happen for you. You just look back at them and say, yes, it will. If it's happened for anybody, it'll happen for me right here and right now. If God helped a little woman build a, a, a building, a 4,000-seat sanctuary in downtown Los Angeles during the Depression, come on. Don't you think he can build a building out here on a hilltop in Wasilla to be a testimony to this state and around the world? Then there's the Depression crowd. 
They don't believe it should happen for you. We're not even spending time with them. My advice is find the crowd that's with you. Hang out with the crowd that's with you. You know, I learned something one time I studied, and I realized it just hit me. It's like the Holy Spirit gave me a download revelation. Jesus spent his time with only two groups of people, ones who ministered to him and those who received his ministry. That's it. Read the Gospels. Do you ever, and, 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 and email me, let me know. If you can find one spot where he sat down with the Pharisees that criticized him, plotted to kill him and everything else, and said, hey, boys, let's go fishing. Hey, the Reds are running on the Russian. Let, let's, let's go fishing. Come on. Let's go up to the willow. Catch a few silvers. Come on, let's just hang out. Let's, let's have a conversation. Let's get together. No. He went to Zacchaeus' house because he climbed a tree to see who he was. He went to Matthew's house. Matthew and everybody got saved. said, I'm going to give half everything I got. I'm going to I'm he started following. But the ones that criticized him, that were tried to kill him and plot him, he, ne- he didn't give them the time of day other than to rebuke them and call them snakes and vipers and stuff like that. So you, you, when, when you're going to do something great for God or great in your life, you've got to determine what crowd you're going to hang out with, and you can't have the adversity to become your audience. You can't have the adversity people to gather around you to be your audience because they'll have your funeral. When Jesus stood before Pilate, and they were accusing him. He didn't say anything. Pilate said, look, do say something. Jesus didn't say anything. You know why? I'm not talking to this group. You know, there are times in our lives when we have adversity. And uh, I don't have time to share all the illustrations. But there are times in our lives when we have adversity that you, you can't have a party with the adversary. You have to isolate yourself with God and let him lift you and carry out. I went through something in 2012 that, that I never thought would happen in my life. And I, I, never, I thought, I, I guess I was just, I don't know, I was arrogant or I was full of pride or, or I just, I, I was naive. I, I, I choose to believe that I was just naive. I just thought everybody liked me. And I didn't think ordained ministers would lie, cheat, steal, tell stories about you, lie about you, try to, try to, try, I, I, I didn't think that would ever happen. And, and, and but it happened. And uh, I went through a, a coup attempt in the church that I'd passed, been there 20 years, given our lives, and went through a coup attempt in 2012, led by a lead, one of my lead pastors, and other pastors with them. And um, it was during that time that, 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 that I, I just had to lay it all out, say, God, I belong to you. This belongs to you. If you want my wife and I to start over in a cotton patch somewhere, we will. If you want us to go to the hills of Kentucky somewhere and start over, if you want us to go to Alaska, oh, Jesus, come on. Yes, Jesus. I, I'll go up and serve Pastor Daniel on staff, and, and we'll just go help them build a great church in Alaska. Yes, Jesus. I, I ain't preaching. I'm telling the truth. I, I really did. I, I really did pray that. And I said, Lord, here we are. We, we belong to you. There, there was, we went for weeks. We didn't know if the next week we were going to be in a church that we led from 200 people to over 2,000 people because of the lies and the deception. That, and, and innocent people were being hurt. Innocent people were being deceived and believing lies and all kinds of stuff. It was, it was a horrible time in life. But God brought us through that and taught me. And all during that time, I never allowed the, the, ad, the adversity to become my audience. And I, I had a couple of men that I, 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 I 
confided in who are, are great pastors in America. And both of them said, look, Gary, we have contacts in every big city in America. You pick a city and go to that city. We'll finance you. We'll raise money. We'll help you. We'll help you launch a new church. And, and you pick a city and we'll help you. We'll help you do it. You just go. But during that time, I said, God, there's so many hurting people, so many deceived. We're here for you. I don't belong to you. I mean, I don't belong to them. I belong to you. I don't go anywhere without you telling me. I don't get up and just leave because I'm hurting. If Jesus died on the cross for me, I'll die right here for him if he wants me to. If that's what you want, that's fine. I don't care, Jesus. If I'm done, I'm done. I'm whatever. Now, God redeemed us and brought out of that and, and this, and, 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 and I'll tell you a little bit about the story later. But, but the point of it is this. There's times in your life you go through stuff, you go through adversity. It's very real in your life, but don't allow it to become your audience. Your audience is here. When your adversity becomes your audience, your focus will begin to fade off of Jesus. And Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. See, you spend your time defending your position instead of discovering your promise. Don't worry about defending yourself. If Jesus doesn't defend you, you're not going to be defended. I didn't defend myself one time during all that. And, boy, I wanted to some, but I never did one time because if Jesus doesn't defend me, I'm not defended. I'm good. I'm fine. I'd be glad to move to Alaska. Thank you, Jesus. See, for every problem, God has a promise. Do you know the promise of the problem that you're facing right now? See, the Bible says you know the truth. The truth will make you free, but it's the only truth you know that makes you free. If you don't know the truth, it won't make you free. Do you know the promise of the problem you're facing right now? Here's the third one and the last one. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Verse 34, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Yay. Woohoo! Miracle. Awesome. Here's the third thing. Never allow your miracle to become your monument. Miracles, manifestations of God's grace in your life are not to be memorialized into a monument. They're to be motivators for a next victory in your life. Goliath, uh, D- David goes on the scene where as a teenage boy, and Goliath is on the hill, so he goes, to, he goes to Saul. Let's just hypothesize that the story goes something like this. King Saul, David here. Yeah, I'm the guy, uh, maybe you've heard about me. I have two bestseller books. Uh, one is... Uh, me and the bear and the sheep. The other book is How to Skin a Lion in a Snowy Pit. Yeah, I got two bestsellers on New York bestselling list. Um, I was a, she- a shepherd, you know, for my dad, and a uh, bear came out, and I killed a, I killed a bear hanging, hanging on the wall, skins hanging on the wall of dad's house. Some of you all got bear skins hanging on your wall, don't you? You, got, you know what I'm talking about. I do, too. And... Uh, and, and then I got this lion, man. He's got a full body mount on the lion. Looks really good there in the, in the, in the lobby coming in Dad's house there. It's just a really cool thing. And so I'm just here to let you know, uh, uh, if, if you would like for me to advise some of your warriors, some of your top guys on how to fight a giant, I'd be glad to advise them. Now, I'm kind of retired, you know. I'm, I'm 17, and uh, I... Uh, I've already killed a lion. I've already killed a bear, and and and, and that's and that's you know I'm so I'm well known for that, and so but I'd be glad I'd be glad to give them I'd be glad to serve as an advisor, King. Hey, I'm here to help, man. Whatever I can do. What would that be? That would be making your miracle a monument. 
In other words, I've had a great miracle. I've had great success, but I'm just going to stay right here with this. I'm good. Now, what did he say? I, I've done this, and I've done this, and I'm going to do that. See, you don't, you don't allow the miracles. Miracles are to be celebrated. Miracles are to be just like you have done this morning. They're, 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 they're to be excited about miracles, but never be satisfied. Why? Because God is never satisfied. Because God has more. Why? Because there's more people that need to be saved. Thank God 900-some people in El Paso. Why? Incredible. Is that crazy or what? It's, it's awesome. That's incredible. I'm sure it's going to be on CNN and MSNBC and all those other fake news places. But I, I tell you, it, it, it's, it's a miracle for something like that to happen. But, but, but nobody's going to carry that on the news. Nobody's going to say anything about that because that, that is not their agenda. I don't care what their agenda is. I care about God's agenda. What miracle does God want to do in your life next? What's the next lion? What's the next bear? What's the next Goliath? What's the next miracle? And if you make your last one a monument, you'll never see your next one. Your last one will be your last one. Now, let's wrap this up, our time today. Well, three questions, and I'm going to pray with you. Number one, do you have a had that you need to get rid of today? Do you have a had? Is there something in your life right now, an issue You've been dealing with could be sickness, could be pain, could be a divorce, could be whatever, could be could be a broken heart, could be what, what whatever, 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 or could could be an addiction, could be a problem, could be a continued sin or whatever you're dealing with in life. It's an issue. It's a head. It's something you're dealing with. It's trying to define you. It's trying to become your identity. Whatever it is, it's a head. You want to get rid of that head today. You want to get that head off today. You want to touch Jesus today, and you want to transfer that. Get rid of that had, and you're not going to be blind, Bartimaeus, anymore. You're not going to be a woman with an issue anymore. You're going to get set free from that issue and that had today. If that's you, just stand up real quick all over the building. We're going to pray. Just stand up real quick right now, if you would. All over the building, we're going to pray right now. Real quick. Real quick. Now, if you're new here today, this is different for you. I, I understand that, but this is real, and we're just, we're just trying to connect with the Lord here. I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand right now all over the building. If you're standing up, raise your hand up, and I want you to say this out loud with me. Say, Jesus, thank you today. My identity is in you. It is not in my issue. I lay my issue, my head, before the altar right now. I release it in Jesus' name. I declare today, that's not me. It's not going to define me. It, it is not going to be a part of me. I'm created in your image. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. When I wake up, when I go to sleep, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm created for victory, for grace, for power in every area of my life. I declare it today. I decree today. I'm more than an overcomer through you who love me. I'll not have an issue. Define my life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise here this morning and thank him right now. Give him praise. And sit down. Number two, do you have a refocus? You, know, you need to refocus on the promise rather than the problem. Your eyes has gotten out of Jesus just a little bit, and it's easy to do. But you need to refocus on the promise of God in your life. You're a little bit weary. 
you have grown a little bit weary. But you want to stop the growing weary right now and refocus on the promise of God for your life. Stand up on your feet right now, right now, right now. We're going to pray right now, all over the building, quick. You want to refocus on the problem today, right now. Refocus on the promise over the problem. Raise your hand. Make this declaration. Say, from this day forward, from this day forward, I declare and decree, I mean it. From this day forward, no more will I be distracted by the crowds, by the adversities. But the only audience I'll have is Jesus. 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 My eyes are on you. The promise for my life from this day forward. It's me and you, Jesus, all the way. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise here this morning and thank him right now. We release it. We release it right now in Jesus' name. We release it. Sit down. Number three, are you looking at what you've done instead of what God wants you to do? Anybody here had a miracle? Anybody here had an accomplishment? Anybody here pass at least a D on a test? I mean, you got something right. Huh? All right. We all have. But you've kind of settled in. You know, in 2012, I went through a, I went through a period of time where I said, God, I'm going to preach the word. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to pray. I'm going to love my family. I'm going to love my church. I'm going to heal as many hurts as I can. I'm going to travel. But I'm done. I'm not going to take any big steps of faith because I don't trust people. I'm not, not going to step out anymore. Me and you. But last week we dedicated a $3.5 million extension on our church building. Why? Because he said, don't let your miracle become your monument. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Some of you here today, here today, we're going to pray this last thing. You want to say, I'm not going to stay with what I've done. I want to look for what else God has next. Stand to your feet if that's you. And that ought to be probably everybody. I don't want to be satisfied with what I've done. I want to do more for Jesus. I want to hear, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Lift your hand before the Lord and make this declaration. Say, Jesus, me and you, we're going to do more from this day forward. More breakthroughs, more miracles, more power, more grace, more joy, more salvations. From this moment forward, thank you for the past. Thank you for the miracles. No monuments in my life, though. Only miracles ahead. Miracles ahead. Miracles ahead. Miracles ahead. Miracles ahead. In Jesus' name. Now give him great praise right now all over this place and thank you. Now stay standing just for a second. 
just very quickly, I want to ask a very important question, the most important question any of us will ever answer. Are you right with God? I know a lot of people here, but a lot of you don't know. This church, man, you guys are just really growing. If you're here today, it's because you're hungry for God, you're searching for God, there's something. You want to know God. It's a very simple question. Is your heart right with God? It's this question we've all had to answer in our lives. And if it's not, do you want to be? And why not? Why not? I've learned you're never more than one simple, sincere prayer away from the love and grace of God. And he's always waiting for that prayer. I'd like to lead you in that prayer right now. Would you just close your eyes right now all over this building so it's just you and God. You're not distracted by anything or anybody. Just you and God. And just think for a moment, Lord, is my heart right with you? Do I really know that I know that I know that Jesus is the Lord of my life? And if you don't know, and you want to know, I'd like to lead you in that prayer. I'm going to ask you to do one simple thing. Just say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Just include me in that prayer, but just slip in your hand up and put it back down all over the building, and then we're going to pray. Yes, 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 yes. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. You can put them down. I want to ask you to pray this prayer loud enough to hear yourself. And family, let's, let's pray it with them. You may be standing next to somebody that needs encouragement. I want you to pray it out loud with them. Let's lead them in this prayer. All together, let's say it. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for reaching out to me. And today, Jesus, I'm reaching back. I ask you now, come into my heart and life. Forgive me of my sins. Change my life forever. I give my life to you, Jesus. All my hopes and dreams, all my hurts and pains, I lay them at the cross. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I boldly say, with my new faith, I am forgiven, born again, saved, and I'll never, never, never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give those folks a standing ovation. Let's seal that in their hearts, God. Seal that in their hearts. Connect them with this church family. Connect them with people that will help them grow in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now you can be seated if you want to. By the way, if you prayed that salvation prayer, let somebody know before you leave today. Talk to one of the pastoral staff, the Connect card group back there at the table. Tell somebody. This is a great place. Tell somebody you gave your heart to the Lord. During this time, I normally turn it back to Pastor Daniel, and he would receive what they call a love offering for, for the speaker. I've been a lot of places, and there wasn't a lot of love in that offering. But I don't go to churches for offerings although they do help. We're not going to do that. We're not going to receive an offering for me. Pastors talked to me about this and giving me uh, leeway and, and uh, full discretion at this point in time. I want to talk to you about your new building and an offering for that and your 21 days of prayer and fasting. And ushers, get the buckets ready. We're going to pass them here in just a minute for those that want to today. <clears throat> but give me about three minutes here. 
I recently learned something in Proverbs chapter 3. I love that. I love Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Nodge him in all your ways. He'll direct your paths. This says, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. Um, trust is, is kind of like respect. You can respect somebody and they not even know it. I can respect somebody and they don't even know me. Respect is one of those things that we can give uh, without really costing us anything. Without a transfer of anything. It's more of, a, it's more of mental and emotional than it is anything else. But, but that word honor, that's different. Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits, which are tithes of all your increase. You can't honor somebody without action. Honor is an action. Now, you, you, you may mentally trust. You may mentally or emotionally say, I respect them. But you can't honor, not biblical honor, without action. There are people, I'm sure, that respect me they don't honor me. And I'm not talking about giving me money. I'm not talking about that because you can honor as an action in multiple ways. But in this particular scripture, it's, it's with money. Statistics say that in the average evangelical church today, we'd be lumped into that, that 3% of the people in the church tithe. They bring the first fruits. They honor the Lord with their possessions and with the first fruits, with the tithe. Our church is better than that, probably 12%, 12, maybe 15. Uh, and that's astronomical compared to some churches. This church would fit that. I'm sure you're, you're, way, you're way better than the 3%. But what I've learned, if, if 100% of Christians honored the Lord by their actions, by their giving, we'd never have to receive a special offering. We'd operate less than 50% of our budgets, the rest of it for building, building buildings, planning churches, missionaries, blessing the community, whatever. We just had an event Friday night. We rent uh, the regional fairgrounds in our community and have an event. We had over 7,000 people there. We blessed, it didn't cost anybody, we, we blessed the community. We fed, fed over 3,000 of them. We just blessed the community. We'd pay our building off probably by the end of the year if 100% of the people in our church died. Here's my challenge. Here's my encouragement. Over these next 21 days of prayer and fasting, and you believe in for breakthroughs in areas, be part of a breakthrough. Ask the Holy Spirit what God wants you to do. Now, many of you have already done, but we've got to keep doing till it's done. That's, that's the way the kingdom works. We keep doing until it's done. We don't do and say, well, now let's see what happens. No, we keep doing until it's done. Ask what the Lord would have you to do. And even right now, the Lord's stirring the hearts of some people to honor God with your substance. So the ushers are going to come now. I'm going to turn it back to Pastor Daniel. And we're going to worship God in our giving with a, with a offering for the building. Honor 
is an action that God can see, define, and receive. If you need giving cards, they're passing them out now. And many times people come and say, oh, bless the Lord, hallelujah, I love you, Jesus. Remember that bumper sticker many years ago, honk if you love Jesus? Totally unscriptural. All it does is it make the person in front of them mad. I wanted to come up with a bumper sticker, tithe if you love Jesus. That's scriptural because that's honor. Ask God what he would have you to do in these 21 days of prayer and fasting and you and your family in a special way. And many of you, God's already stirring this morning. Let's just go ahead. You pass those out. Go ahead. Come on up. I'm going to turn to the pastor. Go ahead and sing. And let's just receive this blessing and honor offering. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.